Welcome to Bear and Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the editor of that fine website, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, New Year, same movie. We have seen this many, many times. The Packers uh, destroy the Bears 27 to 10 in a game that looked like it was going to be closer at one point, but it ended up not being. How are you doing tonight? I'm fine. I mean, it's it's always rough. I mean, it's those, those prime time games, man. They always want to have them in Green Bay. I, I understand why it's Chicago versus Green Bay in prime time. It's a ratings winner. Doesn't matter if the Bears are awful, which you know we've seen plenty of awful seasons this last couple decades. Doesn't matter. The Bears are going to get the Packers in prime time or one of those you know premier you know late afternoon spots because it's Chicago market. I mean. Our fan base is passionate. We'll tune in no matter what. We're going to tune in for sure if it's the Packers because we, we want to see what is what seems to be the impossible happen. We want to see our team, you know, knock off Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. So there was a lot of negative things that came out of that game. And when you lose by three scores, there are plenty of negatives. I do think that there were some positives, and I think that we're going to be able to highlight yeah. some of those things tonight. So again, this is the first year of a rebuild, you're going to have to take the lumps as they come. I think that there were a couple of additional lumps that were added for unfortunate reasons last night, but we're going to sift through this. I, I, and again, we're going to get through this together, right? <laughs> like we're, we're, we're going to be able to get through this. So uh, just hang with us through this. We're here season. for you guys. We are here for you. <laughs> um, the first thing that we do in all of our shows is we start in the trenches, which is incredibly important. And I think there were some good things about the trenches this week as well. This year, that is sponsored by our friends at Portillo's. We are giving away a $100 gift card every single week. And so if you are interested in Portillo's, which who isn't, Everyone. let us know who your <laughs> player of the week is each and every week for a chance to get 100 bucks. And we, I will send you the gift card. It is, it's going well. People are liking the free Portillo's. So uh, hit us up wherever you get this. Either email us. Um, if you're, if you're listening to the podcast, hit us up in the comments and Twitter, hit us up in the comments, uh, on the website, wherever you are, hit us up in those comments. So right there is, it's a winner from two weeks ago. He got his gift card and he messaged me over the, over the weekend. He was going to get some lunch, said he loved it. So, uh, Michael appreciates you, uh, listening and uh, we're glad you guys, you guys, you guys are all winning and right now we're caught up. All the gift cards are out. So we're, we're actually caught up. So it's awesome. Yep, absolutely. So Good stuff, um, and we are going to start in the trenches. Do I start this week? Uh, I, I think you might be this week. Okay, so I'm going to start off this week. Two places that I could go here, uh, but I'm going to actually I'm going to highlight Tevin Jenkins because I think Tevin Jenkins played quite well. Yes, our friend Robert Schmitz said something to the effect of. Go somebody go back and calculate what the what the running uh, yards per carry were when Tevin Jenkins was in versus when Lucas Patrick was in. I'm interested in that number. I did not have time to go do that, uh, but when it was noticeable when he was in there, he was having an impact on the running game. I think that he is settling in nicely again for only his second start at guard as a professional. Pretty impressive, and uh, also against some pretty good uh, defensive players. I would love to go back and watch the L twenty two when that comes out. That's that's not out yet for for most of us. So uh, I will I will take a I will take a look when when I'm doing that because for Bears over Beers this week, I just told EJ that I'm going to look at the running game and I'm gonna I'm gonna treat myself. But but Tevin Jenkins was part of that and part of that success, and I think that's just 
only a good thing for the Chicago Bears that Tevin Jenkins is looking good at one of those five offensive line spots. If he can solidify one of those spots, fantastic. That is exactly what we want out of this year. He's in the early position to, to be able to prove himself. I think today, uh, this week went a long way towards doing that. You know, I was really against the whole rotation thing with Patrick and, and Jenkins. And then last week, I'm like, man, I guess it kind of worked. You know, you got you, know, you, have, you have Jenkins in there playing well. Patrick's in there, you know, playing well, getting his win back because he will be your center at some point. And then this week, seemed like Jenkins seemed like he was the much better player at that right guard spot. There was actually a clip um, where it was one of those, uh, like he had in college, where he took the guy right to the sideline. It was like, you know, he has that type of aggression. He has that type of uh, nasty streak. And, 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 and like you, I thought Jenkins had a heck of a game this week. Well, we talked about it before, like once he figures out that what he can do is he can yeah. grab onto that chest plate and then he can just body some guys. That's what he did a couple times. And that, you know, again, I think I always thought playing guard was a lot of fun, like because because it is a real strength and leverage position. And so I, th I think that once he figures out that you can have a lot of fun in that interior offensive line, he's going to really enjoy it. So uh, what about you? Who do you want to highlight today? You know, speaking of grip strength, this guy is, uh, has had some nice grip strength going in the game as well. And that's left tackle Braxton Jones. Just, you know, his pass pro still is, is a work in progress, which is going to happen. He's a he's a rookie left tackle. You know, but, you know, the Bears committed to the run. And, uh, you know, I thought Braxton Jones had a really nice game this week. Uh, his punch was a little more under control this week. Uh, last week it was a little sloppy. He got a little bit out, out uh, his, his shoulders out in front of his feet a little bit. Um, we didn't see that happen this week. Um, I did not have him giving up any sacks this week. He did give up a little pressure. Um, but right now as a rookie, he's a little, still better as a run blocker. But I did grade his play, and they only had him down for, for minus four uh, for the game. He, he He's... He's coming along. I know a lot of Bears fans after the some preseason, you know, getting beat by the bull rush. And then, of course, last week he gave up the two sacks. Some fans were down on him. But like we talked about with a lot of these young guys, it's it's a work in progress. Let them come into their own. Let them, you know, understand what's going on with the game around them. Braxton Jones uh, had a pretty nice game this week. That's awesome. So we we highlighted two offensive linemen, which is which is interesting. And again, there was some offensive success. Uh, don't don't be fooled by the ten points. There, Run there game, man. Things. Run game was there. So we'll we'll talk about that more in a little bit. Uh, that's that's a that's a really good start to Trent's tribute. I I just I don't know where the rest of the show is going to go, but I I have to <laughs> at least say. Travis Gibson deserves a little love and Trent's tribute as well. Yeah. He played well, a couple sacks. One of them was more of a coverage sack, but you still got to give him credit for coming, uh, continuing to work. Anytime you can take down Aaron Rodgers two times, he need to be mentioned. So if he gets mentioned later, great. But I want to make sure that we at least uh, mention him up top because he deserves some some praise up at the top of the show as well. So that's the Portillo's Trent's tribute. Let us know who your player of the week is, and we will get you in that drawing. We'll draw yep. by the middle of the week. Put it in the comment section, uh, wherever you're watching this, put it in the comment section. If you guys are podcast only, send us an email at secondcitygridiron at gmail.com and that's second with a two N D. And then uh, we had a, a bunch of uh, people that said that had, had, had the email this week to us. So you guys didn't win this week. Maybe next week you guys will be the winner. Perfect. All right. Uh, let's get on to tweet of the week. I'll start off here. And this is a PFF Steve, and I am not going to try to pronounce his last name. So PFF Steve said that percent touchdown percent on quarterback run plays from the one yard line since 2017 out of the shotgun formation, 74 and a half percent of the time that play is successful. 
under center, or I suppose it says no shotgun. So I guess maybe it could be pistol or something, but let's just say under center, it's a, it's a lower conversion rate at 60.3%. So that like Tom Brady sneak where he's right under center, takes it and then just like, you know, burrows his way into, into the end zone um, is the one that I think everybody was clamoring for saying like, Hey, if you're going to do this with Justin Fields, just do the Tom Brady thing. This stat, which is probably influenced by Cam Newton quite a bit, yeah. who, would, who would do this from from shotgun. But um, this this stat, I don't know the raw numbers behind it. It just shows that you know there there are there are plays that have a lot of success if you're going to do that. Um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this play because one, I feel pretty confident that that was a touchdown. I, I, everybody in the booth was saying like, yeah, we think it's a touchdown. There's just not enough evidence to overturn it. <laughs> Even the guy that's like the former official was like, uh, there's, yeah, I think it's a touchdown, but we, you just can't overturn it because, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, so one, I do think it was a successful conversion Two, he, he you know, it fields, is is not the biggest like stoutest guy so if you want to take him from a little bit deeper where he can use his athleticism i think that makes some sense um so i want to hear your thoughts on like the choice of play call and what maybe you would have preferred to have seen in that situation i understand the the concept behind running quarterback power i mean it's basically you have an extra guy because you know the quarterback is you're not always a ball carrier i get it i mean the play was there it was a nice play like you said, it looked like he got in. The refs didn't see it that way. At the time, in the moment, I was like, you know what? David Montgomery has been balling up to this point. The O-line is doing a good job with that type of run, some I-formation stuff, some some zone blocking stuff. You know, if you weren't going to do a quarterback sneak, you know, if if then, you know, let's give it to Montgomery. Let him, you know, power in there. I mean, that's, that's his job. I mean, he's been a, a powerful runner this whole game. He was all lathered up. That's what you want to see out of your run game. Um, I understand that, like I said, the concept of the quarterback power would have been nice to see it see it actually work there. But at the time, I was more for you know, let's not do the shotgun play. But you know, as we have a chance to sleep on it and look at some of the numbers, um, it was a good play. It just didn't work out this time. I like to give the quarterback an option, right? And I understand what you're, like you say, it's, it's, you're, you get that extra blocker in there. Um, but I like to give the quarterback an option. So when you have a guy that's as athletic as Fields, I would prefer if you're going to do this, and maybe you'll get there when he gets a little bit more mature in his game, but to put him on the move and give him an option to throw the ball or to be able to take it in not quite the Kyler Murray play that happened where he was just doing the, like basically how I played Madden, you know, know, where he's just like running around with a fast quarterback for, you know, 10 seconds and then, and then finally take off. And, uh, and he, I think it was a two point conversion that, that uh, Murray did there, but I, I want to see them use his athleticism a little more and put pressure on basically put him in a position where he makes the defense wrong. Right. That, that's what option plays are all about. So you put a put a player into conflict and either make him come up and pop it over the top of him uh, or make him kind of drift back and, and test you to, to take off and run and then and then use that speed to dive towards the goal line. So I just think you're taking options away when you when you decide, hey, I'm just going to take the quarterback and I'm going to run him 
you know, in, in this hole, um, you better, you better win, right? Like you better win all of those matchups. And they just, you know, the bears just weren't, weren't good enough to do that. Um, last night on that play again, I, it was successful in my mind. So it was, it's one of those where it's tough to, to draw it out too much. Um, and then that really would have changed the game, but I did think that this stat was kind of interesting. I do think that there's probably a specific player, Cam Newton, that I think is impacting the, the stats from shotgun, but, I do think it's it's one of those where you say, well, okay, maybe it wasn't that egregious of a call to make it from the shotgun rather than under center. Uh, just kind of an interesting thing to think about. I know the the gut reaction from a lot of people was, hey, that, that was stupid, um, but there may have been some may have been some good behind it. I mean, like I said, I, my whole reason at the time being upset with it because they were cooking with Montgomery. Right. Let let him finish his job. He he, he basically got you guys down there. You know, he, he's ready for it. Let him do do the job there. I mean, there's a lot of ways you could have done it. I think the power was, you know, it it, it, it seemed to have worked. I think he could have done a, a power to Montgomery, you know, but, you know, with blasting game in there and, and you know, the, the eye and the stuff they're doing with him across formation, it was working. So that was my only thing with it. But like I said, hindsight, we had a chance to sleep on it. It was a pretty good play. Plus, like you said, man, they scored. It was right there. So what's the difference? So yeah, it's hard. It's like, well, I mean, if if they would have like really scored, you know, yeah. they, they really would have. Yeah. You know, like, I'm, I'm done with that. Um, but what about you? What's your tweet of the week? For me, it's from our guy Aaron Lemming uh, at Aaron Lemming NFL. Tonight has been sobering reality. The Bears are in year one of a rebuild. Uh, these games are going to happen. The good news: they've got a pair of winnable games coming up. Maybe we'll finally get to see the offense open up, which is. The offense did, did not open up. I mean, the run game was clicking, you know, but, you know, Justin Fields with uh, 11 pass attempts in the game. I went back and checked. The last time the Bears had so few passing attempts was uh, Mitch Trubisky's rookie year. I think he was like four of seven against the Panthers in like an October game. And you know, they, they won, won that game. game. They did win that game. It was just, uh, I don't know. I just, you know, I figured that last week's, what, he had like 18 pass attempts in the in the ridiculous rainstorm was going to be the, the the low water mark of pass attempts. I did not expect it to be in a pretty nice night in, in, in Green Bay that he'd only have 11 attempts. Just uh, let's open it up. Let's see what happens with the Texans coming up this week, then the Giants. So like Aaron said, two winnable games. I mean, if the Bears are 3-1 and one after four weeks, it's a hell of a start. You know, I don't think – I think as fans will be, we'll be cool with that because, you know, I think most fans had them 0-2 at, at this point. Yeah, even if they – you know, the Giants are 2-0. and The Texans have played tough, right? They look Texans look like they were going to steal a win in Denver, which has not happened in September, right? So, I mean, th- these guys are not necessarily – you can't use last year's records to, yep. to predict anything. Uh, you know, the Lovey Smith probably has that defense playing pretty stiff defense, right? They, they haven't given up a lot of points. So it, it will be an interesting test. I mean, I think we just – sort of roll over the last year, the last couple of years and just assume that oh, yeah, it's, you know, it's going to be easy, easy peasy, but I'm, I'm not totally convinced uh, that they will be, I think they'll be competitive. And, and I think that if the bears can play that hits philosophy and be smart, then then it's going to give them an advantage and, and they should be able to win, but they're three point favorites at home, which means that generally speaking, that three points is a home field advantage, which means that the books see them as pretty, pretty equal. So, you know, we can get in. We'll get into that later on the week with with preview shows and things like that. But, yeah, it's, I mean, this is what it is. It's year one of a rebuild. So don't uh, don't get caught up too much on that. But let's get caught up in the numbers oh, game. That's a professional segue right Woo! there. I like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so here's our stat of the week this week. For me, it's the number eight. 
and that is the number of forced missed tackles that David Montgomery had in this one ball game, which is an incredibly impressive number. I had our guy, um, Brad Spielberger, uh, PFF Brad, pull this number for me, and then he tweeted it out to the world. So if you did see that tweet earlier today, you can thank me for bringing that up. You're the um, inspiration you can, of that one. That you great. can also blame me because the number 11 was the number of forced missed tackles that Aaron Jones had last night, which... Yeah, that checks out in my mind. Uh, that was uh, as good of a performance as that was from Montgomery. It was brutal uh, in terms of the missed tackles for the Bears against Aaron Jones. So, you know, there here's a moment where you say, well, okay, I think it's terrible that on the Bears defense, uh, defensive players to have missed all those tackles. And here I think Montgomery is awesome to have forced all those missed tackles for Green Bay. So, you know, that fan perspective of, of you know, where you're, the lens that you're viewing it through is, is always kind of interesting. But I thought Montgomery ran as good as I have seen a Bears running back run um, in my conscious fandom. Like I think that it was that good of a game. I, Forte has had some had some really great games. I love Matt Forte. I'm not old enough to really have Walter Payton experiences, so like I'm in the post Walter Payton era. I you know I can remember some Neil Anderson. I love Neil Anderson, uh, you know. But to me, that game, that performance last night, he had five or six like highlight runs in one game, and one run that. I think it's his best run he's ever had in his life. That that 20 plus yard run that was like on second and 20. That's one of the best runs I've ever seen in my entire life. And it, so he was just absolutely on fire and he was forcing those missed tackles, which is his hallmark. And if this is what David Montgomery is going to be week in and week out this year, it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, the Bears talked about all, all offseason. They want to be a run, a run first type of team. And, you know, Montgomery's a huge part of that. I know last week a lot of Bears fans were they were done with Montgomery, you know, because Herbert seemed to have a little better game. You know, they forget the fact that, you know, it's it's just you can't judge these guys based on one week. It's it's a yeah, it's a week to week league, but you know, Montgomery's been a pretty good football player during his time in Chicago. And and this is the guy that he's been. And like you said, you know, some of those runs he had last night were were phenomenal. You know, it's unfortunate the Bears, you know. They, they, they got the loss because if, if somehow, some way they could have had a, a huge game behind Montgomery and it would have led them to win, you know, this would have been one of those, you know, that's the David Montgomery game, you know, yep. something like that would, would have been his, his, his calling card because it was, I mean, he had some of those, like, like the, the, the replay I talked about Chris Collinsworth earlier, you know, that one where he was describing, you know, his, his missed tackles. He's like, you know, you know, there's, there's one. And then that there, what was that? You know, it was just, he was so impressed with the way he was running and you know, that's, that's his game. He's a powerful runner, but he has some shake to his game. So, you know, I think we're going to have a, a nice big season from Montgomery this year. Yeah, I I was just super impressed. And and again, I, I'd have to kind of think about it or go back and maybe try to find some highlights. But I really think that that 29-yard run or whatever that was on second and 20, I think that might be the best run of his career. I know it wasn't a touchdown run or anything like that, but the, the amount of work that he did on that run. And there was m- multiple times where he was making moves, making a guy miss, and then carrying a guy and, you know, getting – 12 yards instead of four, you know, I mean, just the, the extra yardage, I think I'm going to map it this week. I think that's what I'm going to do for bears over beers is go back and and I'm going to, I'm going to map this. And I I was really impressed with this performance. It was just, um, I can't, I can't say enough about how much I enjoyed watching David Montgomery run the football last night. 
So, and, what and about you? Next gen. I, well, real quick, I know next gen stats does the rushing yards over expected, and uh, I didn't catch this week, but I'm sure Montgomery's will be pretty good. But for me, my number again, speaking of next gen stats, it comes from those guys, and the number 61, and that is the uh, the number of consecutive coverage snaps without being targeted from the Chicago Bears CB1 Jalen Johnson. And that goes back to the last year, the last 10 snaps of, of last year's game, plus 51 snaps this season. No one even throws at him. I mean, is he, is it Jalen Johnson Island, or is it just a, a situation where they realize that the guys on the other side still aren't the, aren't the best? I mean, I would, as a quarterback, I'd rather throw at Kendall Vildor, and I would rather throw at, at a rookie in Kyler Gordon than I would rather throw at Jalen Johnson. But but that's incredible. And, and the thing about that is, is every corner so far this season with at least 50 coverage snaps through the first two weeks, except Johnson, has been targeted at least seven times. And Jalen Johnson has not been targeted once. <laughs> it almost doesn't make sense. That's weird. I mean, we like Jalen Johnson a lot, but even, you know, even we're like, wait, what? How does that happen? Like, uh, how do you get to that point? But uh, it's really, it's really cool. I, I mean, I know that we could talk about Kyler Gordon. I think I might a little later, but um, hey, it is, it is pretty remarkable that he hasn't been targeted yet. And so we'll see if the great Davis Mills uh, decides to to try to try to fly near Jalen Johnson Island. But uh, yeah, that's for for another week. But yeah, very cool stat. Let's uh, let's talk about Justin Fields. We talked about him a little bit already, but let's let's talk about him here. So his final stat line: seven of eleven, seventy yards, no touchdowns, one interception, took three sacks. Ran the ball eight times for only 20 yards, um, uh, but did have that one touchdown. Should have had a second touchdown, but again, we've already covered that. I can't square this with what I saw in camp and with what I saw in the preseason. I can't square this, these performances in the first two weeks. The first week I rode off because of the weather, Mm -hmm. but I I, I can't, I don't understand it. I, I really don't understand how you go from moving the pocket a lot and, you know, having this like play action based offense and having these shot plays, having Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet be these, these high target volume guys. And the stats on those two players are non-existent. (laughs) And, And we're sitting here after two games looking at combined season stats for a quarterback I mean, quarterbacks have more volume in three quarters of play than Justin Fields does in two games. So I don't know what the heck is going on and how to process this because it doesn't square with anything I saw for the last six weeks. Part of it was just the game flow, the way it was going. The run game was so big. But then you would think that that lends itself to some more play action shots every now and again. You know, one thing I thought about a lot is, is two weeks ago against the 49ers, you know, they talked about how how disciplined the defense they faced. So some of those bootlegs they knew would not be the, the best thing to run. They got them with a couple, but they talked about how it wasn't a big part of the game plan. That's why there was so much shotgun stuff uh, against the Niners. And then this week against the Packers, another team, a very good a disciplined defensive team. You know, they see us the similar offense every week in practice, every day in practice. You know, we did see the one, uh, they tried to do like a, a quick bootleg out the, out the back door and Preston Smith stayed home. Uh, it was one of the sacks that, that Justin Fields took. Justin or uh, Preston Smith, you know, he was waiting on the backside. He did not go for the fake at all. 
he just stayed home and then he attacked Justin Fields and, and took away that the the bootleg on the backside there. So, you know, maybe it just wasn't a big part of the game plan because of the defense they faced. You would rather see an offense dictate things to a defense and make them at least stop us first instead of just saying, okay, we can't do this very, very much because these guys are so good against it. I want to see them take shots. I want to see them try and do things. The run game was clicking. You know, I understand that. There was a couple other broken plays where it was it looked like a, a run pass option where it was just a bad, uh, a, a bad play. The snap was too early. So some of that's there, you know, but is this the offense or is the offense we saw, you know, in preseason or in camp? Is that the offense? Yeah, it's, it's not, again, it's not perfect. There were some issues in camp, issues in preseason. You know, but I want to see more of uh, of the moving pocket stuff because Justin Fields is good at that. Yeah, I think we'll get a chance to see here in the next couple of weeks if you know what the real Bears offense looks like. I, I hope so. I mean, they're going to have to figure out what this is and what this looks like. And so, if the game plan was to try to, I don't know, hide Justin Fields or, like you say, the... I hope I hope I hope that's not what they're doing. I hope they're not. I hope they have enough trust in him at this point. To let him do a few things, Again, let, I think it could have been the game flow. It, it could have been game flow, but it, it, it kind of feels like they, there may have been some galaxy braining happening yeah. where you say like, well, they know that we know that you know that they know that he knows. And so we're not going to do that because we're yeah. gonna, they're going to know that. And it's like you're letting them hold the pen last then or you're picking your third or fourth best thing to, to attack them with. Right. And. You can't play that way. No. You have to come out and play what your what you think your best is at. And if they stop it, then fine, right? But to to go to your third fourth option because you think that eh, this is it's not going to work because they they know what I run or you know this is Green Bay, this is where I came from, so that they know the offense or whatever. I just don't know. Like you have one major, right? Like you have one thing that you practice all the time. That's your identity, and so you have to at least try to assert that. Again, they did run the ball very well. And so, you know, far be it for me to say, like, you know, I know more about offensive football. I certainly don't. But I also don't understand what their offensive philosophy is right now. And we're two yeah. weeks into the season. You know, is it going to revert back to what we saw in the preseason? I would think so. But, you know, we've seen two then kind of exotic game plans in a way that it, we're not going to see maybe very often. I don't know. Maybe it pays off in the long run. Again, wins wins and losses are not as important in, in this season. We've said it time and time again, but it just does kind of, it it, it doesn't concern me yet, but I'm starting to uh, jot down some notes. And, and then to be fair, Justin Fields, he missed a couple of guys. Um, oh yeah. I, I know our, our guy, uh, uh, Robert Schmitz had, had an early access to all 23. He was sharing some clips with us and there were a few times he missed some guys and, you know, it's again, uh, 11 passing attempts. So young quarterback, a lot of times you will hear you want to get him in the rhythm. You know, you want to try, you know, little, give them some nice, easy completions early, some screens, some stuff in the flat. And, and again, he wasn't always taking what was there. So we talk about it all, all this whole, every show we talk about it, young team going through a reset here. It's, they're going to have some growing pains, and it's a new offense. So hopefully, the better uh, there's better things to come. All right, we'll leave it there. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side of this, we're going to get into everybody's favorite segment, the Three Bears. All right, Lester, let's talk about the Three Bears. So we will start off with the hot bowl of porridge. 
I want to give this week's hot bowl of porridge to the entire running game. Am I allowed to do that? It's our category. We can do whatever we want. Do whatever we want. Yeah. Dave Montgomery already already kind of gushed over Dave Montgomery. You could just give the bowl to him, but that's not fair because it's the run game. These these big guys need some love too. Montgomery, 15 carries for 122 yards. That's an 8.1 yard per carry. That is a that's a heck of a game. But Khalil Herbert behind him. Four carries for 38 yards. That's nine and a half yards a carry. The two running backs, I mean, that that's an incredible clip there, right? So those that that the running game was absolutely working. The the offensive line, I noticed again, I want to watch uh, the all 22, and I I might actually watch the Green Bay offensive line and see what they were doing because I think that you could probably learn a little bit of what Getsy's philosophy is from watching the Green Bay offensive line and their run game because mm-hmm. their run game looked really good. I mean, Vince Lombardi would have absolutely loved the the run game last night. Um, he would have really been confused to who the, the hippie taking snaps for uh, Green Bay was and why he didn't cut his hair, but he, he would have really loved the run game. I'm sure George Hallis would have too. George Hallis liked passing though. So, you know, no, nothing wrong with that either, but the 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 combo blocks and and scraping off into the second level um I, you know i talked about it a bit on bears over beers last week watching tevin jenkins and watching that interior offensive line play he saw it a lot on both sides um in the in this run game and and i think that you, know, you and i have talked about this give me the best five on the field and put them on, put them on the field and let them gel and i think you're starting to see the gel now we, we got to get Lucas Patrick's thumb figured out and so take that club off his hand and get him in the center position. And so that we'll have the five on the field. But if you get those five on the field and they learn how to, to successfully negotiate those combo blocks into the second level, you're going to start to see where the running back doesn't ha- meet any resistance until second level, or even sometimes into the secondary, you know, the, the third level, whatever you want to call it. And, and that's where those big plays happen, right? Especially when a guy like Montgomery or Herbert can make one guy miss, then all of a sudden it's not an eight-yard game, it's a 15 or 20-yard game, and you start getting those chunk plays. It all starts up front, moving those guys off the spot, and then scraping and getting that linebacker figured out. I thought they did a really nice job of that this week. I think everybody deserves a really nice steaming hot bowl of porridge. Uh, I'm right there with you. I had Montgomery and Herbert written down for mine, but yeah, I'm with you. Give it to all of them. The old line did a great job. We talked about uh, uh, the fullback uh, blasting game. I saw someone tweeted out the numbers with him on the field. It was ridiculous. You know, the the, the rushing yards gained with him on the field. You know, the overall run game was clicking. You know, now let's see the, the next evolution of his offense next week against Texas and see if they can kind of add some more plash and some more deep shots there. But, uh, yeah, Montgomery and, and Herbert. And actually this week I'm actually going to, uh, for, for my sack watch, which now I do a video version, I break down, of course, the, the sacks allowed. I'm actually also going to break down that one uh, nice long Herbert run because there was some nice blocks from the entire offensive line on that play. And it's good vision by Herbert as well. So it's a little, 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 little teaser for those guys that are going to watch sack watch this week. I think Herbert's a really fun change of pace. I mean, I'd love to see this team get actually like 60 snaps instead of 35 or whatever oh. it was, but he's such a fun change of pace because Montgomery, again, I really, he's, he's a, he's a violent runner, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, he, he does that. Like you said, he has a little, a little shake to him, but he he's has a lot of violence to him. And then there's this like Herbert comes in and it's like shot out of a cannon. I mean, it just, 
boom, like he's just on you. And so that, um, you know, that contrast between the two players is really nice. I, I like that there's the different, you know, slightly different skill set that they bring in. And so that can really take the defense off off guard as well. So uh, I just, I, I know there's not a lot of silver lining here, but the run game definitely was. I mean, that was a, sure. a really nice uh, thing to to go back and watch. And I'm excited to watch it again for the, for the all 22 and I can get my hands on that. Let's go to the cold. Um, I, I mean, where do you want to go? <laughs> uh, I uh, I think you you know we talked about Fields. He probably deserves a piece of this. We've already talked about him, um, but it, he he missed he missed some plays. He's got to pull the trigger. Um, you know, so so I think that that's at least something to talk about. Um, I, this defense. I mean, you could just say tackling, um, but I I will I will say uh, I will say Roquan. Um, Roquan, if, if you want to get paid, you're going to have to make plays. And he did not. He was getting washed out of that running game way too easily. He was getting washed out by Alan Lazard. And, you know, he's not, he wasn't bringing any, anything special. Um, that's for sure to offset it. But he also just was plain, wasn't making the plays that he should be making for a guy of his stature. So, I, that was a, that was rough tape for Roquan and it's uh you know, this is a, it's not safe for work tape. I'll put it that way. Like that, that's stuff that you don't play because you're going to get in trouble with HR. Cause it's, it's, it's bad. It's bad. This is week two of him playing as a four, three will linebacker. So hopefully there's better stuff to come here, but, uh, Olin Krut tweeted out, maybe it's time to put Roquan back at the mic. Maybe he's just better, um, you know, more towards the middle of the field. I know it's so much nickel uh, being played, so he's not always there anyway. But, you know, th- there could be something to that. Who knows? Let's see how kind of how this this evolves. I know as a, a lot of us have fans and analysts also, we look at him as a good fit for this type of defense. You know, that the, the 4-3 Will is the chase guy. He's the guy that's usually free, able to make some plays. And like you said, he was washed out too much. He was blocked too too easily. Um, Coach Flus uh, today at his press conference said he thought he was solid. You know, he, I'm sure he thought all of his guys were solid, but you know, he's, he's not going to take shots at Roquan. But yeah, Roquan didn't have the the greatest of game uh, last night. It was rough. What about you? Where do you want to go? You know, kind of like you had the entire, you know, Bears offensive run game. I'm going to give the the cold bowl to the entire Bears defensive uh, run game because they gave up a ton of yards to the Packers, 203 yards rushing on the ground against Green Bay. Uh, that's the most rushing yards this franchise has given up since the Cleveland Browns game last year. And, you know, you never want to be associated with that Cleveland Brown debacle. Uh, but that's the most they gave up since that time. You mentioned Aaron Jones, 132 yards, 8.8 yards per carry. Uh, A.J. Dillon had 61 yards. Uh, there was a fourth quarter Aaron Rodgers run around the end that was just like, come on, even Aaron Rodgers going to run on these guys? It was just uh, – it was horrible. Um and to make it worse is they, they weren't facing uh, David Bakhtiari was gone. Um, and then uh, Jenkins was kind of hobbled a little bit. So it was an a injured and undermanned Packer O-line, but they still got the job done against the Bears, uh, the, the Bears defense. So, yes, I agree. Um, you could give it to pretty much anybody on that, yeah. on that defense. Uh, let, let's talk about just right. And the, the idea of just right is the, the, the player, the performance that you expect that just, it, it comes out and you expect, I had originally written down Jalen Johnson and 
you, you covered that. He just has zero targets uh, through two weeks, which is pretty incredible. Um, so just kind of another day at the office for Jalen. But we haven't talked about it yet. And so I'm just going to talk about it now. Just right. You got to give it up for the 12th man of the Green Bay Packers. Those those, those guys that wear stripes, <laughs> they deserve, you know, they did exactly what we expect them to. From the first play with the uh, low block, chop block, 15-yard free first down for Kendall Vildor, who slid past trying to, you know, basically avoid the block, but he didn't he didn't go at the the knees. So that was a phantom call. You had the 12, 12 man on the field that wasn't called. You had the false start that wasn't called. You had the um, you had the hold on uh, uh, Travis Gibson who ended up making the sack, but that was called. But then they picked up the flag, right? Uh, there was the block in the back on the return at the point of attack. People like this is not away from the play stuff. This is at the point of attack. Very clear push in the back. Should have been a clip 15 yards. Uh, you know, the, the Bears player is, is pushed out of the play and there's a positive gain of like, I don't know, 10, 15 yard return. I mean, that's a 30 yard swing there. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing some. Right. I'm not even going to get into the things that aren't held. So the the refs, they did exactly what we expect. So in the spirit of this category, we will hand them their just right bullet porridge for their contributions to this Green Bay victory. I was wondering how you're going to work the officials. How is that for salty? That, that, that was that was good. I mean, it was you know you got to love those memes on social media where they show the referee doing the Lambo leap. Yep. It, it, I mean, look, every fan base has issues with officiating from time to time. It just seems like it's just a little extra when it's Bears versus Packers on prime time. It seems like it's there's a little bit more there, you know, and it's like. You know, there were at least two false starts from Green Bay that were just completely missed. I saw them in, in, in my Twitter mentions. People were pointing them out to me. And it's like, I mean, at least I guess one good thing, there was no uh, no phantom delay of games that were missed this time. You, you know, that's that's usually really good with Rodgers. He's usually good for getting that, you know, where it snapped, you know, clearly after. And, you know, the spirit of the rule is they, they watch the ball, they watch the clock, and then they go back to the ball to make sure it was snapped. But. Yeah, I love how you worked it in the officiating. Perfect, perfect, uh, perfect stuff. What about you? What do you got? Uh, I'm not as creative as you. I'm, I'm going to go Cairo Santos. I'm going special teams. I mean, last week he missed a couple kicks. And Bears fans, in in pure, you know, in heat of the moment fashion, oh, my God, maybe Santos sucks now. You know, you know, it's it's time for a new kicker already. The water boy. Hey, we suck again. Yeah. I know. I'm like, what? It was a horrible weather. You know, the footing was bad. It was the, you know, just, you know, he, he had his one extra point he made. Um, he had a 44 yard field goal right down the middle. So, you know, it's, this is what we expect, Santos. You know, the stuff we saw last week, you know, missing kicks in the rain. That's not normal. This is the normal guy. He's an accurate kicker. He's fine. He does his job. So it was good to see him shake off, you know, the problems from last week and just come out there and say, hey, I got this, uh, you know, 44-yard field goal. Let's go. It was, honestly, it was tough to pick the just right bowl of porridge this week because there was, it was either like really good performances or really bad performances. I had, try, I, had, I had the punter here first, and I'm like, you know, it just didn't seem right to talk about, you know, the guillotine at this point because, you know, it was a, it was a loss. I'm like, ah, let's – Let's, let's keep that in the bag. Fine, but he he, fine. he only had one inside the twenty. Didn't did. have any, you know. He just didn't have the opportunity to really uh, put any put any too deep, 
given the field position stuff. So we, we need a real, we need the guillotine game at some point where he coffin corners some people and you yeah. know, puts inside the five leads to safeties, you know, stuff like that. But that was not this game. He, he was fine. He was fine, but you know, not, no, not the guillotine game yet. Not so yet, not yet. Uh, we will, uh, we will end it there uh, for the podcast here. We'll stick around on YouTube for some Q and a after this and then let you guys uh, watch Monday night football, but um, double header tonight on Monday night. Yeah. Double header. I know. Nice. I, I believe a game's going on right now and yeah. you know, so, so, so there's that, but um, yeah. Anything that you want to plug that's going on at the site or on the channel before we get out of here? We just have so much stuff going on. I mean, if you missed anything on the channel or, or, or the or the YouTube or the podcast or the site, you missed a lot last week because there was so much stuff. I know the Making Monsters, uh, you know, with Taylor and Dylan, they had uh, uh, Miami uh, head coach Chuck Martin talking about Dominique Robinson. Just crazy insight. We had a Brian Erlacher interview uh, from Bill Zimmerman last week. So there's just always something going on. So, you know, make sure you, you know, you, you stay locked into Windy City Gridiron, Sex City Gridiron. And uh, we got we got it covered. Yeah, if you like the YouTube stuff, we, we're trying to put a lot of stuff up there. Uh, still be nice if you you know give a download to 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 uh, on the on the podcast app. Those those things help us too. Leave a review. I don't know the last time I asked anybody to leave a review on the podcast uh, a channel, but you know we don't have a ton of reviews out there. So if you like what you hear. That'll help us out. If yeah. you don't like what you hear, don't go leave a review. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing with your time. Why are you listening this late into a podcast? So uh, that would be great. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, we got a it's a it's a marathon. You know, we, we've we've basically just hit the first couple miles of the race. We're just getting into uh, stretching ourselves out, basically getting into the schedule and, and figuring stuff out. We'll have plenty of time to really dive into this this rebuild throughout the year. I think it's been an interesting start. Last night did not go quite how any of us wanted to. I think it could have been a closer game. I would have loved to have had that last uh, call been right and have it be a seven-point game and see what happens to see if the defense would have been able to to try to tighten up and, and maybe give the ball back and see if Justin Fields could have some magic late. Just not in the cards. It just doesn't happen uh, in that against that team. At some point, those fortunes will change. You know, it, it just, it is, it has to happen. I can't go my whole life <laughs> in this way. It just can't happen. So uh, we'll, we'll end it there. Uh, appreciate you joining us and uh, we'll see you next week. Till then, bear down. <laughs>